Community, community, community radio. Community, community, community radio. Community, community, community radio. Community radio for the San Francisco music scene. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour. My name is Alain Moskowitz, and with me here today is Simon Robrock of Blue Hair Comics. Hello, hello, you sexy listeners. I, uh, <laughs> uh, that is not the last Weird Al song you're probably going to hear today. Uh, one of Simon's <laughs> other projects is Queer Al Skankovic. Uh, Skankovic. Skankovic. Thank uh, you. Thank sorry. You. I, I'm going to do better, Queer Al. I'm going to do better. Um, so let's talk about uh, one of your comics uh, with Blue Hair Comics. I'd like to talk about the, bl- the Butt Planet <laughs> series. Uh, yes, my my first real series. Um, yeah, about I want to say it was 2015, 2016. I had caught strep throat, and when I was waiting for my fever to break, uh, all I could do was process everything into four panel joke comics. And I was in the middle of a Twin Peaks binge, and next thing I know, I'm just doodling out a bunch of ridiculous four panels, and then I just started doing slice of life ones, and then they just kept going and yeah we're working on volume four right now you're going to be doing a table at sf zine fest this year huh yeah one of my favorite shows to table at it's i'm excited that it's going to be back and uh really excited to see what it's going to be like at moscone center yo there's that, and then there's, um, it's in the big mall downtown too, right? Like, there's a couple of weird rando locations this year. Wait, what? Oh, they're pulling a Comic-Con, are they? I think they're in the Metreon. What? Wait, what's happening? I need to read my reader packet, apparently. Yeah, I, I also might. But uh, both of our uh, companies are going to be there this year, uh, tabling with some new cool books and... Um, so one of the but one of the things I liked about Butt Planet is that you pick on Alex Trebek a little bit, which is always fun. Is he a character that you enjoy fucking around with? Uh, a little. I mean, he. My parents are avid Jeopardy watchers to this day. Will not miss a day of Jeopardy. So Alex Trebek was always a household staple for me. And um, it definitely shattered my child brain when uh, he shaved his mustache off. It also happened the same year that Weird Al shaved his mustache off. So I was like, "What are what's happening to all my childhood mustaches? <laughs> so uh, that is why he makes an appearance in Butt Planet. Uh, may he rest in peace, Alex, you beautiful nerd. I would like to take a moment here and play a little bit more Weird Al Yankovic music, uh, if that's okay with... I, I, to all, all seven listeners, thank you so fucking much for enjoying zines and ska and Weird Al. And we're going to have more fucking cool ass shit coming up from Blue Hair Comics. Uh, uh, let's get those Instagram handles on right now, though. Simon's so at Blue Hair Comics on Instagram. Yes. And uh, it's blue hair, hair like the rabbit, because I thought I was clever when I was a blue haired 19 year old. Um, and comics, C O M I X. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, um, technically Facebook, but I don't hop on there much. You know, for real though, I feel like Facebook's just like, I I didn't realize till the other day that um, a lot of the stuff Fake Publishing Millionaires was posting was posting to my uh, personal uh, Facebook still. And uh, (laughs) uh, it had like, each of them, you know, had like a fair amount of likes. It was was cool. Like I'm not at all bragging, but it was just like, people will follow a dead Facebook account 
Like, you know, I, I'm not posting anything actively. It's got all the wrong hashtags and, and, and uh, um, all the ats go to Instagram accounts and are dead. And it's just a bunch of like numerals and weird signs on Facebook. People be like, I like that weird bunch of gibberish. That kid's doing all right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, so I've like kind of stopped posting regularly on social media to the point where I do regularly have friends checking in to see if I uh, am still around. And so... I, Probably people are just stoked to see that you're out there doing stuff. I do like that when you do post on social media, uh, I've noticed that you post some uh, animations. And I'd love to talk about your process with that because I know you don't uh, use any particular program. You do all the cells by hand, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, so um, I've been working with Procreate. And as folks know, like, or some folks, I don't know. I actually learned this after I was doing my animations, but Procreate has a really nifty um, like little animation tool that just kind of helps you uh, lay out each of your panels. But um, yeah, I hand draw every cell. I started kind of doing that just as an outlet because um, yeah, uh, sometimes you just got to let the pen go and let your feelings go with it. And then you're like, oh, wow. All right. I made a thing. That's what I'm on social media for at this point is seeing people uh, post their work, not like in like a braggadocious kind of way. Uh, I think I just want to bet uh, to be able to use that on this radio show. So uh, you owe me if you're listening. Um, but uh, realistically, just to post that, you know, I, I like seeing people's art. I think that a lot more of social media uh, can be used to effectively book concerts or as, as Scott Twitter is showing us, connect with your music scene uh, as opposed to. Just, you know, talk about like, I don't know, check in pictures like now I'm here. Now I'm there. It's like nobody gives a flying fuck. Like show us some art, please. <laughs> um, and that's your mm. horoscope for today. Oh, my.
unbelievable or at the very least a bit unlikely that the relative position of the planets and the stars could have a special deep significance or meaning that exclusively applies to only you but let me give you my assurance that these forecasts and predictions are all based on solid scientific documented evidence so you would have to be some kind of moron not to realize that every single one of them is absolutely true where was i a big promotion is just around the corner for someone much more talented than you Fake Publishing Millionaires Hour. My name is Lam Moskowitz. I'm here with Simon Robrock from Blue Hair Comics. We were just talking about making digital animations, but that's like something that's relatively new for Blue Hair Comics. Uh, much of what they've been doing for the last ever, including through all of the digital revolutions, is analog. And that's why I wanted to discuss what that process is like with you, Simon. Um, so I've been drawing since I was a kid. Uh, and for the longest time, too, I was drawing strictly with pen. Um, and so like with the butt planets, all of those are just straight pen to paper. Um, and then I end up Xerox copying them off and that's how they become into zines. And like, same thing with a lot of my zines now, actually, I've actually yet to make a digital z Oh, wait, no, the hot goblin one pager. But for me, like trying to format things digitally just breaks my brain. So I draw everything out. Um, although... Fair warning, dear listeners, with that, uh, please scan every single one of your master copies because uh, I was a sexy ding-dong and did not. And uh, I'm missing about like 70% of my body of work because uh, unfortunately due to moves and all kinds of weird circumstances, a lot of my art went missing and I did not scan it because I did not have access to a scanner at the time. But uh, make the effort and please do that. That is my warning warning to all of you traditional artists out there. Um, but yeah, uh, and in terms of just drawing, um, again, a lot of it's just like really cathartic. So it's like, ooh, brain just bleh on the page and... It's kind of fun to see what happens with that and like all the weird worlds that come from that too. Like I love drawing my dreams because those are always like, what the hell was that? So at a young age, you were on local television for your zines, correct? I was, oh yeah, it was 21 because it was right after my lungs collapsed. And uh, two months afterwards, I was at the Salinas Valley Comic Con tabling 
And that was the silliest thing ever because, yeah, I just showed up with a bunch of my zines and the local news was there and they were like, hi, can we interview you? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Um, You know what? Full disclosure, I was very stoned off and edible. And so it was really funny talking to the local news and being like, yes, these are my comics. I draw art. And um, but then it was amazing because at like 6 p.m. Um, they aired and I started getting texts from all my friends of like, bro, I just saw you on the local news. Like what? And um, the best is we had an inside joke. Um that was the title of one of my comics, She Gone, and uh, it was amazing because the anchor woman said it, and to this day, I think about that clip all the time. <laughs> so, uh, I think, I heard a rumor this year that you're doing uh, a fanzine about your favorite movie series. Is that accurate? Uh, my favorite sports movie, yes. Uh, the Rocky Balboa franchise. Um Thank you so much, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yes. So, uh, I don't know. One of my... <laughs> Actually, it was thanks to uh, Midnight's for Maniacs uh, that was down at the Castor Theater, which, hey, y'all, uh, any film fans out there in the Bay Area, they've started up again. Um, so check that out. You'll see some of the funnest movies, usually in 35 millimeter. And um, yeah, I got to go to a Rocky Four and The Rock double feature. And that was like my first real exposure to Rocky because, you know, for years you grew up seeing like Rocky referenced in like literally every cartoon and everything. So like you kind of knew about Rocky Balboa, but like I'd never really seen it. And oh my God, Rocky Four, perfect movie, y'all. Like, Rocky Four is the one where he opens up the Rocky-verse, right? And then there's all these Rockies from other multiverses. Yeah, and then it's the Rock versus, like, multiverse <laughs> of madness. And so you have, like, yeah. Rocky versus the Rock and then oh, versus fuck. an actual Rock. And No, 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 I digress, though. But, I mean, Rocky Four, we have Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed and Dolph Lundgren as a... Shit, the Russian guy. Vigo. Yeah, thank you. Vigo, the Russian. And like, I mean, you know, like, it's a great sweaty time. I mean, to be fair, halfway through the movie, I don't want to spoil for anybody, but my first time, I literally yelped out in the theater of like, oh my God. I think it's it's um, like 30 years later. We could say that Apollo Creed dies. It's the <gasps> conceit for a bunch of spoiler. other. There's a series of movies that exist because he dies in that movie. That's, I mean, I didn't know. And I saw this like, what, seven years ago, six years ago? <laughs> Darth Vader's Luke's father. Uh, fucking Apollo Creed dies in Rocky Dumbledore IV. Dies. Dumbledore dies. And is gay, depending on at what point you catch J.K. Rowling in time. Uh, let's not just even go there. <laughs> um, what, what else? What else can we spoil while we're here? Because we're in 2022. Uh, oh my God. Uh, the, the narrator is Brad Pitt uh, in Fight Club. Um, Wait, what? Oh, I probably remember that. It's just been so just, long since <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I had to spoil Fight Club for you. Just, last week, uh, I gave a relatively... I mentioned uh, uh, Fight Club 2. We can, we can spoil Fight Club 2 if we want. Uh, um, I mean, spoiler for me. Did you know that Baz Luhrmann is straight? No. Yeah. Like, I was Were like, you going to what? these things to get, like, your dose of, like, gay glamour and now you're just all kind of messed mm, up? No. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like I realized my childhood involved watching a lot of that movie, those movies, and I am a gay musical creature now. And so I just kind of assumed, oh, maybe Kindred Spirit. And no, I just he guess he likes musicals and wild chopping of editing. 
Yeah, I, I have yet to hear any reviews one way or the other about Elvis, but I grew up an Elvis fan. He's a fascinating speed freak. Um, oh my God, a, I forgot he did that movie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that guy that looks more like Travolta than Elvis. I'm kind of disturbed by uh, all the press photos I've seen of that. Now, are we talking like 1970s, like Travolta fever Travolta? Sandy! Oh my yeah. gosh. Aw, <laughs> Olivia. He's, you know, with, with chills that are multiplying that Travolta. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, rest no. in peace, Olivia yeah. Newton-John. No, so that's 100% Travolta fever era. Is that, That's because he had a fever? Is that why his chills were multiplying? No, it's because he was a disco daddy for a hot second. Even though Saturday Night Fever only had about five... No, okay, it's like a two and a half hour movie. 15 minutes of dancing. I was expecting an entire fever. I like to so imagine that drama. Saturday Night Fever and Goodfellas are existing in the same block in New York, and they're just different stories about that neighborhood. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's the most enjoyable way to do it. You got to really come into something with that movie and be like, you know what? It's not just the dancing. It's not just the drama. It's the overall picture of New York in the 70s. Just Warriors is going on like up the block. There's a lot of shit happening in the New York multiverse. Disney's brainwashed me to want multiverses. But a bing, but a boom. Fuck Yeah. Uh, getting back to hand-drawn comics, uh, because this is not a show about multiverse. It's not the multiverse of Skaness, which is the... I mean, sad... it's getting close. We're, we've been teasing that with sad, with uh, sad Snack and with Scarface, Josh's character. In, uh, we actually just shot a video, a uh, collab between uh, Blue Hair Comics and Fake Publishing Millionaires uh, for Indica Indica that features uh, Josh Freeze, our mutual friend and um, illustrator of the Hardcore Dan comics and other other stuff. You know, you might know them from Ska. Uh, they were in uh, our video and a couple other videos, or at least one other video that we've done so far as our heel Ska face. And uh, Simon went to town on some special effects for this uh, Indica Indica video. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I played a ghost, um, and we kind of turned me into a, like, Kate Bush-esque hot topic, hot mess nightmare. And um, yeah, from then we like transformed uh, their practice space into like a fun little seance with, we had a fog machine, y'all, like fancy lighting. I have a really good buddy, Garrett, woo, um, who is very, very good at cinematography and with all of the lights and all of that. So we just had a really solid crew together. And we just had such a fun time just making a really goofy, goofy. Oh, special effects, though. Do you want to talk about the uh, cake flower bag, cake mix baggies of cocaine? Uh, we've had, uh, so one thing that I really <laughs> enjoy with the, the productions that Fake Publishing Millionaires has been doing over the last uh, two years. Uh, just to, to end cap a thought before we get to this is that the reason we got here is that we've been teasing the multiverse of Skaness with Skaface and that's been like an overarching theme throughout the movies is at the, at the end of these silly music videos we put these little tags on like these Disney movies like oh be sure to stay tuned for Skaface and the multi you know sorry to inform you that there will be another Skaface production basically um, and so throughout these at first we needed to get like some slime to come out of Skaface's trumpet for the last video and it started with uh, Simon and I uh, came up with uh, uh, the grocery outlet, which is the best place to find <laughs> cheap, abundant amounts of food to use as edible props for gross-out scenes. But um, we used uh, it was like a a, a Jello promotion that must not have gone over well, wherein they make um, 
uh, like Play-Doh out of Jello, so it's like edible Play-Doh to stave off the inevitable where your child just starts eating Play-Doh because it's salty and delicious. Kids, if you're listening, go eat it. It's delicious. Um, but so we we I was a chapstick man myself. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I've, I think I've oh the insides of Stretch Armstrongs are made out of corn syrup, so they're um, what? Yeah, that's that's a safety thing. Uh, probably just in America. I bet you in like Russia, Stretch Armstrong or in Germany, in Germany, Stretch Ubermensch is uh, made out of uh, I don't know like pure like waste byproducts. Or I don't know. I'm not trying to trash on uh, Germany, but I feel <laughs> like it's a very American thing to have corn syrup as the um, particular thing to fill the. We put it in the sodas. I mean, we have so much corn syrup in anything these days. Have you seen bread? <laughs> it's a uh, Subway bread can't legally be called bread in Ireland. It was a ruling a few years ago. I forget what it's ruling. It's a pastry. It's called it's yoga not, mat? Oh. oh, no. No, it's not called a yoga mat. I think that would price it up a little bit, honestly. Mm. If you'd be like, hey, come eat this yoga mat. It's full of zen. Um, but so... We had this fucking jello shit for this video that uh, we had coming out of this trumpet that was really great. And so the second time around doing this uh, current video for Practice Space Ghost with uh, Blue Hair Comics and Fake Publishing Millionaires, we came up with, uh, uh, it's a seance from these uh, Bowie-obsessed dork bags um, who are in a band in a practice space and they want a ghost because Bowie. And um, one of the characters that I play is just coked out of their gourd. And so we decided to use... um, Heinz Duncan vanilla cake powder, uh, just the mix that they had over at the grocery outlet. And uh, I can still smell cake from all these big scenes where we'd be like, you know, because it's cheap. You know, we had like a bunch of, we filled up a bunch of little uh, smoke shop baggies with this stuff to like, you know, make it look as though I was carrying around or dealing or something. Little eight balls. And then like, you know, the actual baggies inside the box look like a kilo or, you know, a pound or what have you. Um, and then um, we just had like a mirror that was doused or co- just, just covered in, in, in stacks lines. of powder and like, you know, little razors and whatnot. Um, and I was just at some point just gave up on lines altogether and was just like pulling it up by the fistful and inhaling this cake powder. And, and it was wonderful <laughs> and awful. I, I We had like recording like a week later and I was still just like going to the back to like snot rocket, like, you know, little Debbie, like snack cakes out of my nose, so to speak, you know. <laughs> So uh, good times. Good times. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, so, yeah. Do you, uh, Simon, do you want to pick the next song that we're going to play?
You know that part on NPR when they're like, now we come to the time where we ask you to donate? Well, this is like that, but short. Donate at bff.fm slash donate today. Hey, and we're back on the Fake Publishing Millionaires Hour. Once again, my name is Alan Moskowitz, and I'm here today with Simon Robrock of Blue Hair Comics and Queer Al Skankovic, which we're going to discuss now. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. So uh, tell me about Queer Al, Simon. Uh, so Queer Al was the most serendipitous, silliest thing to have ever happened to me. Um a couple years back, I was in my childhood bedroom cleaning out some stuff and I found a Ziploc baggie, which at first I was horrified because I was like, oh, is this a bag of pubes? Because it was just curly hair and I like pulled it out and it ended up being, yes, this just beautiful curly wig and I'm like, oh my God, this is weird owl hair. And literally within five minutes, I like put the wig on my head. I had a shirt of my dad's from like, the 70s 80s just fun wild prints and then i had my grandma's coke bottle glasses and i threw this on and i'm just like oh my god and i draw a mustache on and the eyebrows and i just thunder downstairs and i'm like parents your child has arrived and um it's just me looking a hundred percent like weird al yankovic and um my uh my very good buddy slash roommate at the time uh, when I came back and I was like, I have something I need to show you. Um, immediately they were like, so this is your new, this is your drag now, right? And I was like, oh my God, you're right. And, you know, we even tossed around a couple names. Uh, originally I was thinking uh, Queer Al Skankovic. Or no, no, not Skankovic. That's who I am. Uh, Yankadick. Thank you. And um, But we did throw a poll and... Uh, the the audience loved Skankovic, but Queer Al was a hundred percent the oh my god, it is me and I am them. And um yeah, it's been I think that was around twenty eighteen and then yeah, I've been performing as Queer Al ever since. Even one at the uh tight and nerdy Alapalooza um Oh man, is the Uptown still around? No, the Uptown is Crybaby now. Oh, uh, okay. So what what used to be the Uptown? Um, yeah, they had a Weird Al burlesque show and they had a costume contest, and I won not only first but second and third because when I bound up that stage, nobody else went. <laughs> to uh, elaborate a little more, uh, you're a burlesque performer, um, and you perform burlesque ordinarily uh, outside of Queer Al, but Queer Al became a persona that you wound up using. Yeah, I used to do burlesque as Harley Sequin, um, and you know, with Queer Al, I, well, I was doing kind of drag with Harley too, but like Queer Al was really when I did more of a jump to drag, but I still bring burlesque with me because I've always loved burlesque. Um, it's just such a fun, sensual art form. and uh, But what I also love about burlesque is how silly you can get with it. Uh, my tagline f- since I've started has always been inspiring confused boners. And that is what I, that is my mission statement. That's what I'd like to keep doing. I thought it was very funny this year how um, we were both uh, tabling with Silver Sprocket and we wound up hanging out with um, afterwards having some drinks with different... Oh, at San Diego Comic-Con. At San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. Um, and uh, we wound up at one of the neighboring hotels having drinks with uh, some other uh, industry folks. And there was this moment where I think you were talking about it to somebody else and I was talking to another person sitting next to me and they were like, 
I work for Z2 Comics. I'm like, wait. And there's this like little comical light bulb above my head. I'm like, do you do the new Weird Al fan comics that just started coming out? Um, and there's, uh, if you're unfamiliar with these, uh, I haven't read a ton of them, but Mike Allred from Madman and uh, all of the, uh, that one cool like extreme 90s X-Men one. Uh, he's dope. He has a cool art style. He's like one of the illustrators involved. And um, uh, yeah, Weird Al is just the fucking coolest. And Simon's genuine love for Weird Al is contagious. And those folks must have felt it in LA because look at what they put together. <laughs> I mean, I never had a, I never had a, chance honestly uh two weeks after i was born uh my dad was like i need a break and we were in la at the time um and he went to a weird al concert came back with the videotape of like weird al's greatest hits and so i was raised on that uh my entire childhood especially was a lot of like hearing the original songs on the radio but then thinking it was weird al and i was like wow everybody loves this guy and i'd start singing along and then I'm like wait these are not the lyrics and everyone's like what what are you singing and um yeah honestly every now and again that still trips me up a bit we were talking about speaking of fanzines and Rocky 4 um <laughs> about I think it's pronounced sicko the robot uh if you've seen Rocky 4 uh you may have noticed <laughs> that there is a robot in the movie yeah uh, yeah but that's not the plot or anything important the robot's ostensibly bought for Rocky's kind of racist curmudgeon brother-in-law. And then eventually he somehow learns to reprogram a robot to be a woman. And then he has a perfect partner who's very submissive and doesn't talk about contemporary politics. (laughs) One iota. (laughs) Well, it felt like the the robot had the same personality as before. He just figured out how to give it a woman's voice. Um, Because he's very, he's very lonely. Most people just can't stand him, and Rocky's just nice enough to him. mm -hmm. They've been around so long. It's one of those things where, well, to be fair, he's also Adrian's brother, so it's kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm married and I'm banging your sister. I can't leave you on the street, I guess, especially as I make money and. I think, no, yeah, because he helped train him in the first one, didn't he? Sort of. That it's was Mick. A... Mick no, trains him. Right. Oh, that's all Rocky's, Mick. Rocky's brother-in-law is uh, just Rocky kind of a three. dick. Yeah, Rocky oh. three is the one. Rocky's brother-in-law just doesn't want Apollo Creed training him because, like, they're black and he's a racist. Yeah, that was some racist bullshit. But, and I then mean... there is the best montage ever, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm go... sorry. <laughs> like, I, I had, like, stills of that montage be, like, my phone background, like, my Facebook background like i am all about apollo creed and rocky balboa's friendship like i loved their journey although at the end of the day though you know what you can read it in the fanzine yeah it's true this is coming out and uh i guess i I brought up the sicko zine because we were discussing fanzines and particular things that uh inspire them and i thought uh Something like Psycho kind of embodies Psycho. I don't want to call him Psycho. You don't want to get somebody a robot it's called Psycho. Y C O. None of that helps. Yeah. So do with that what you will. So we also learned a lot of fun facts about Psycho, Psycho the robot. Um, fact number one: um, Psycho is uh, being edited out of the current cuts of Rocky Four. Um, because he's registered with the Screen Actors Guild and they want to save some money. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad I have my DVDs. Can't cut that. Uh, Factoid 2, Rocky's, uh, Balboa's actual son plays Rocky's son in the movie, uh, Rocky IV. I'm not sure how many of the Rockies uh, he's in, but he's in Rocky IV and uh, 
he has autism and uh, Rocky, or I get fucked up because Balboa and Stallone have such an overlapping nice guy vibe to them. But uh, Stallone decided that uh, he would bring in this robot to kind of act as a, a stim for his son so that his son wouldn't be all Anxious messed up. on set. Yeah. Like it's it's a high pressure circumstance to put your kid in. And I guess when you got all the money in the world, it's fascinating that like that well, the robot wasn't in the script to begin with. The robot was added into this movie to uh, uh, make his son feel cool or good or not. Accessibility, baby. And there are all these scenes like there's that scene where the robot keeps twirling with the kid for a while and everybody's acting around it. It's It's fascinating to watch with that in context because like a lot of these things are like keeping the kid in the mood because the kid's still acting he's just distracting himself from the anxieties and other things that are going on and he does a good job you know like he's watching that tv on christmas and watching his daddy punching out a russian and oh my god yeah then rocky gives that speech at the end that's like this was all about diplomacy it's like i am you as you were me and we are all together cuckoo kachoo you know so i'm not gonna lie i have a dream drag number where i take you through rocky (laughs) one through four and then at the end i do pull out an american flag from my crotch and do the monologue oh my god i don't know a lot of people when i came here they they wouldn't like me too much and i like you either my my brother-in-law he had some nasty shit to say he's an ex-marine i guess but you know the most important shit is this isn't about Apollo. It's about some other stuff. Like, I love you and you love me and we are all together. Yeah, hey. like 100% the revenge just gets sucked out of that scene. Pretty much. I mean, you know, after like y'all beat each other to a bloody pulp, which, oh my God, the sweat that comes off of them. Again, also another reason why Rocky Four is amazing is just the cinematography, y'all. And like the montages, like the, uh, there's this one shot where, you know, he like climbs up the mountain and is like, ah, the <laughs> Russian guy. Oh my God, I'm the worst. I can Bigo. never. his name is Bigo. Bigo. It's the same Thank as the you. Ghostbusters 2 guy. See, I never saw Ghostbusters 2. And that's an immediate disqualification for, best, hey, you know, sorry. I wasn't in America box. for a chunk of time, okay? There's a lot I missed. And I, I also did. didn't grow up with cable. So, like, you know, there's a lot of things that... There's a reason why I thought Weird Al songs were the song for a long time. <laughs> I, I completely don't want to judge you based on those factors. But if Ghostbusters 2 hasn't found a way into your life, you might want to seek it out. Um, kids, if you're listening at home, make sure to watch Ghostbusters 2 super loud while your parents are sleeping. They'll fucking love it. If we're also talking about sequels you should watch, definitely give Wayne's World 2 a try. It is very underrated. Ooh, this brings us to a segment that I fucking love. It's a new segment here. Uh, it's about uh, comic books that you might be able to find at your public library. Usually things that, no matter how independent, have really good distribution and that you could ask your library for. Fucking nag them to get good books. Simon, do you want to give us some advice on... Uh, last week, I started the segment off with doing um, one relatively mainstream comic. Uh, you know, like something that would be on like Fantagraphics or Dark Horse. Just something accessible that way that you could find and get your library to pick up. Ooh. And then one like mainstream mainstream comic like dc marvel whatever take your pick you want to throw some library picks out oh a hundred percent um so yeah comic book recs are what i do i also have spent the last oh god seven years working at a bunch of comic book shops in in san francisco and uh so hands down y'all my favorite comic of 2020 and i have been recommending it ever since is the magic fish by trung lee nguyen 
oh it's so good i will never do it justice just please read it um it's all about a young queer boy coming to terms with like who he is and he wants to like come out to his folks his folks are first generation immigrants from vietnam and every night him and his mother read fairy tales together to like practice her english and it's so beautiful y'all like through the power of the fairy tales and stories they like share um, well, it's cool, too, because it's like, yeah, you have, like, the Cinderella story, and then here is the Vietnamese version, and then, like, yeah, through the power and language of the stories, like, comes the acceptance, and it's a beautiful, emotional journey, also some of the best art I've seen in a long time, so go support this book, it's called The Magic Fish, I believe it's published by, you know what, uh, either Random House or Scholastic. I could be wrong. Either way, Magic Fish. And if we are going for a more mainstream title, uh, honestly, um, you know, especially in honor of the new Sandman show, I would recommend The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Even though it's been around for 30 years, plenty of people haven't read it. And honestly, it's a good time. First two volumes, you know, it takes a little bit to set up because originally he wasn't sure if Yo, the it was first two a... volumes are dope and they've got Sam Keith. Don't even. Oh, yeah. Great. No, no, no. It's amazing. But story wise, he thought he was only going to get a 12 issue run when Sandman mm. blew up and then they were like, more comics, please. That's when you really see it just like kind of take off. But again, it's worth reading and like they get so many cool artists in and it's just a really it's a good time yeah i would recommend those i think he might have i might be getting these timelines garbled first off it is a random house that puts out uh magic fishers thank uh, you it up random house and, and then yeah, sandman on. is vertigo which is an offshoot of dc i'm also seeing it uh in libraries i found it through a couple of library servers so uh magic fish is 100 uh available and if not nag your library they probably got too many hemingway books yeah tell them it should be in every library every everybody should read it it's tell a them good they could time clear out the Kerouacs. it's okay you don't you don't it's okay big sir just like sad guy it's cool i saved you a whole like 400 pages yeah he's sad in trees oh yeah he trees likes the nice. smell of nature you know you can read lord of the rings they got ents those are sad trees booms cut condensing the library so you can get magic fish in there um uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sandman kind of lines up with when Neil Gaiman was doing Miracle Man for Marvel, which is a property that uh, Alan Moore had done through the 80s. Um, I guess the and he dropped and stopped doing and took his name off of uh, classically. And now Neil Gaiman is, I think, about to finish his Miracle Man run. Um, it's a delightful book. It's an amazing uh, early Alan Moore story, and it's a classic example of a property that he's developed so well that people want to take it long past the time that he's even involved. So, oh, like Swamp Thing? Oh, yeah, Swamp Thing's so good. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing's fantastic. I mean, Watchmen is a Read given. Read that. Yeah. And, oh, poor Alan. Like <laughs> Even like Hellblazer, the spinoff uh, with Constantine, like Constantine wouldn't be, I'm pretty sure Alan Moore created that character. If not, it was like Len Wein or... Harvey Wolfman or one of the folks that came up with Swamp Thing who are geniuses in their own right. Um, but Oh, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, Alan just, yeah, more took that character and, like, ran with it. And I still love the fact that, like, I believe what got him to stop working on Swamp Thing was at one point, I think he was trying to make the comic where Swamp Thing was Jesus. And, like, they were like, we can't run that. And he was like, okay, I'm done. Change my mind. Tell me something that I should have left behind. Romantic. 
Decide, run 
everybody. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Uh, I am Simon Jane Robrock of Blue Hair Comics. That is hair like the rabbit, H-A-R-E-C-O-M-I-X. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I do have a Patreon, actually. So if you want to help sponsor an artistic queer always appreciated um if you would like to see queer al in action uh you can follow queer al skankovic also on instagram or you can usually find me swimming around with the fine sharks at om nom nom non-binary burlesque and drag and kink and sideshow uh we are a non-binary burlesque group here in the bay area although really again sideshow drag all of it we it's a fun time come see our shows and uh yeah you can find me at sf scene fest uh if anybody on the east coast is listening i'll be at sbx tabling with silver sprocket and actually yeah you can sometimes find me as the shop goblin of silver sprocket so if you'd ever like some more comic book wrecks come find me hey thank you very much this has been the fake publisher millionaires hour we're going to close this out with some scott 2 network have a great uh whenever you're listening